Hi everyone, I'm Agree. I'm Harrison. And this is Bottom Line Design. And today we have with us uh, Daria. Um, Daria is the uh, co-founder and CEO of Shader App. So uh, Daria, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, um, yeah, tell us, tell us all about Shader and, and, and you. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Daria. I'm a founder and CEO of Shader. So happy to join you today and talk about design and about startup career. <laughs> so we are building products about uh, AI creation uh, for videos. Most of all, we focus how to generate your effects, filters, lenses, just with your prompts and ideas, or even if you can pronounce it and make it real in the font. Uh, yeah, and I used to be before product designer and product design lead at Snapchat uh, and uh, build product uh, lens studio. It's about creation of AR filters lenses for Snapchat. So, okay, so you, this isn't your first rodeo with, with AR. You've been working with AR since Snapchat? Uh, even early, like uh, I started my career in this industry from uh, 2017, I think like that. Uh, it was a time when uh, uh, I built product together with my friends. Uh, it was technology to try on sneakers with phone camera. We explore how we can understand size of the shoes uh, and basically build 3D models and try it in real-time camera. And in 2017, it was a bit like just sounds even crazy that you need it and why people at all will explore that uh but i think like we was really just crazy on the idea that what if it's possible uh to build ar not just for face when everyone uses filters for uh makeup or just like simple effects we start to explore uh hands and feet uh and uh uh, also, because we was uh, we built this product not in United States. It's, I'm originally from Belarus, uh, and my team was uh, also based in Belarus. And uh, uh, in that moment, we tried to think more how we can make it something big in a small country. What could be really interesting for the world? And uh, when we push this product, uh, we start to work with a couple of cool brands like Gucci, Adidas, and Saint Laurent, Dior. And it's interesting that it was most of all luxury brands because AR was expensive and not everyone can afford it. And uh, it motivates me to like think in that moment already how we can build AR more accessible for everyone that every brand or every creator can start create first uh, design in AR, even yeah. if you're not like if Saint Laurent or Gucci. So, and Snapchat okay. was one of our clients. That's why like later I joined Snap. <laughs> so I... I have always been so fascinated with this. I mean, Daria, I know that we, we talked about this like when, when we met how um, you said you're from Belarus and, and I told you that, you know, I, um, I went to Belarus. I, I lived there for just about a yeah. month in, in 2019. And what I saw like from the tech scene there kind of blew me away. Um, there were, there were some really serious like startups getting built out there. And, and it, it surprised me because it's like, up until then, I'd never really like thought too much about Minsk, you know, um, uh, in, in terms of in terms of tech. And so I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit of how is it that you guys building in Minsk were able to land these like marquee brands, these world class brands that I think people building in New York or, or San Francisco or L.A. would would They'd kill jealous, for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like it's because we have our from the start in Belarus, it was for sure. I can start like that. It, it's completely right now probably different than it was before. But sure. in moment when you visit the country and when I also was in Belarus, like 2016, 17, 18, it was a boom of startups. And it's happened because we have such a good, like, I think, education around math and university and computer vision, machine learning engineers. And this moment already start like, explore a lot of work with um, uh, United States and Europe. Uh, but also it's happened because one of our first startup, uh, name of this company, Masquerade, uh, they basically built uh, technology around AR masks. Uh, and name of this company was like app also Masquerade and uh, it was acquired by uh, Facebook. And this oh, is yeah. like, 
Yeah, and it was like like basically sign for small country. Oh wow, it's possible! Like like two engineers and a couple of other folks build this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Daria, is this the one where like they started the product started basically out of a hackathon? Yes, it started in a hackathon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And, and, yeah, and uh, after that we have like a lot of hackathons in the country. Like people try to repeat. <laughs> I feel like and uh, be inspired by this story a lot. And uh, my team are um, uh, also like. Uh, one of the founders of WannaBuy startup, name of my previous startup, before also uh, built company uh, around filter masks, uh, but for uh, with acquisition with Google. And uh, it's also was in, like inspiration, like, okay, it's uh, not just because it was acquired, but because big community of uh, engineers and big companies really see the value of this yeah. type of products. And um, now so, we start build WannaBuy in this. Yeah, age. yeah. Actually, I'd love to hear like like let's double click on WannaBuy for a second because I know you were the UI and UX team lead for WannaBuy, right? Uh, yeah, and I, I was basically one of the first product person in the team. I think like we don't have any like roles because you you did everything. You did marketing, you trying to uh, create design, you like find people who uh, can help you with analytics in the product. And uh, I joined team really early and uh, was for me awesome lesson in my life, how to build from scratch and how to make something like popular interesting for the world when uh, like we are just in like first first steps and when your product not really good also and you're just trying to achieve something <laughs> i want to like rewind just a bit i have so many questions about all the things that you just said like one of which is l'oreal sephora some of these makeup brands they're still trying to nail down this ar experience which if there's any industry that can benefit from it it's the makeup industry right yeah why is it do you think that they're so far behind i think like like, like with makeup it's just because it's still uh, the most like popular type of filters and people love to create with face more than with everything else uh, that's why like if you're trying to build startups in this industry it's a bit overwhelmed with companies who already explore that uh, and uh, in my story, we, we, that's why we decided to make differentiation and not work with face, but try to explore what if it's like uh, hands and feet, something different. And it was really early to work with full body in that moment. Right now, as uh, you take a look on the market, it's a lot of amazing startups who build uh, try-on technology AR uh, for full body, like clothes, T-shirts, dresses, everything, right? Uh, but in 2018, we even can't dream about it. And a uh, couple years ago, I also just found my previous pitch deck. And I think like we even thought that it could be possible in 2025. And or it inspired me to think like uh, that actually everything possible really early than you think. Like, in, is, it, is, it because of, is it because of the software, the talent or the hardware? That, that L'Oreal uh, and all of them are yeah. struggling to catch up with AR. I think they like, I'm not sure about the like struggling. They have like good products, right? Mirrors with makeup. Um, maybe they more struggling how to distribute that. And if users will like use it like, yeah. all the time, uh, because it should be probably part of everyday behavior. Like mm. uh, we don't, we don't need it. Um, I don't know, we don't need special L'Oreal app probably, but if it's inside of the products, it's more makes sense. Um, same no, makes... like we have with WannaBuy when we launch our own product. Um, uh, we have a lot of cool like users, like or I, I don't know exactly, don't remember now like numbers of, but it was like really uh, crazy boom after like TechCrunch news and product hunt. But what you can do with these users if you're not marketplace, like if you just show virtual sneakers, and that's right. why we start implementation inside of us products and maybe with makeup same. Like it makes more sense if it's a try on in Sephora products or in their own marketplace. So just hmm. kind of bounce basically around your CV. Like what, what led you 
to the tech design world in the first place? Like, and, and what were contributing factors? Um, so my story, I think like more different from a lot of product designers because, uh, uh, I basically start design later. I was before product manager and more work close with uh, engineers and uh, write papers and like describe features. And now I, when I start to be a founder last year, I start to understand, oh, probably I just have a dream all the time be a founder, but I was PM <laughs> and uh, I joined design because I just can't find um, designer who really sometimes understand what exactly I, I mean. And I start to learn um, like really early, like just Figma, uh, before even Figma, it was like uh, Adobe and uh, just start prototype all my ideas. Uh, and after that, I start to be like designer. So, I, and I never be like really honest, like good on uh, UI part. I do my best, but uh, collaborate with UI designers, but, uh, more was I found myself more like product designer because I have like vision and uh, implementation of feature and understanding how to track analytics. Uh, but I open a lot of times collaborate with UI designers who can help me make it more visually pretty <laughs> and uh, close to audience. Love that. Like it's not every day that you have founders that have a forcing function of like I can't find the designer that I need. So I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to be the designer. I yeah. <laughs> do you find that, do you find that now you work better with designers or like what, what is design press fast forward on in your, your product development phase? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think like, this is awesome for that you can design and prototype yourself first uh, your ideas and visions like for example when i just bootstrap with shader uh because uh, like i don't have like money to hire a designer it was amazing that everything what i can do i can do myself and give it for engineers to to create it but for sure when we have first founding now i can benefit just my team to invite someone to collaborate and work together who will focus on that and i can focus on uh, like more team tasks and more like organization tasks on that but still uh, all product um, vision and uh, like this like design principles uh, go from the sewer and it's it's kind of like, yeah, I'm excited that I can like, uh, basically make prototypes easily or explain even my oh, designer, yeah. everything on Figma. And if I want to fix something, I don't need to write like fix for me that. <laughs> so so you, you, you use your design skills as a way of communicating your product vision to the team without having to play a game of telephone through the, like the designer who would otherwise have to build the prototype. Yeah, for sure. Like that's so cool. Like, that. Yeah. Wait. So, can you tell can you tell us a little bit about like when you said that you bootstrapped uh, to get to uh, you know before your your guys' first funding? How how far along? Like, where was the product in its development journey um, before you guys brought in your first investors? Um, it was already a demo product, so it's uh, no. It was first uh, around three hundred waitlist users. Uh, and, uh, How did you get those 300 waitlist users? Uh, this is a, everything was organic, but uh, I mean, like, still with promotion just of your Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. But I think, like, to be honest, a win point was design because I built our like shaderapp.com website with a really unique aesthetic. And I work together with um, also Illustrator, like uh, uh, my friend from Belarus. And she, we try to find like just a style which will resonate for really young audience, Gen Z, Gen Alpha colors. Uh, we was really like, if you open like shaderapp.com, you will see that we are not like technical, we like more screaming that we are like uh, for uh, people who love video content and creation mm. and uh, this aesthetic like colors like pink yellow uh violin a bit and really like just uh 
how looks our videos, uh, everything on this website, I think, really catch attention of uh, people who join our first product. And mm. uh, product was so like uh, demo. We're still right now in the stage of MVP because we built uh, computer vision and uh, this is like a lot of R&D work, <laughs> but right. it's already enough to test and find feedback by so, community. Okay, and so like, talk talk to us about that testing and feedback loop because if you at one point you had 300 users on your wait list mostly it sounds like you got that through your your uh existing network your existing audience um how are you now incorporating the the feedback that you get from that community i remember you sent me the discord invite to your guys's discord right um yeah. do you incorporate that feed like how do you incorporate them into the design process uh, Discord, it's uh, basically our best place right now where we communicate with the audience. It's our like platform when uh, we can ask any questions, ask their like opinion about something. But uh, for sure, like not everyone's so active. Some people just take a look what's going on. And uh, I'm trying to find users who already joined Discord to connect with them and book with them interviews uh, just to chat. Uh, and uh, this is for me best uh, options to learn. We uh, usually, you sometimes don't need like more interviews than seven, but seven interviews like every couple of weeks, like open your eyes, like what's going on with the product. And if users are busy, sometimes they like, agreed to just write for me or even if they I don't know shy to have a call but they uh, for sure will be happy to write me answer in just discord plus uh, in my personal opinion everyone with whom you have this connection like founder and user after that start to be more close to your product yes they usually yes. support you more and even if someone has a box and write something bad these people with whom i chat like support my my like steps because they know personally totally. founder basically totally uh, yeah we're we're also big believers uh being a design company <laughs> yeah <laughs> we naturally love feedback and like sourcing it i have a question for you yeah what what makes good feedback? Yeah, and those seven conversations every two weeks, what does a good mm. feedback look like? Uh, when it's not just personal that I like, like, don't like this color or I don't like um, this filter, but more why, like this is, I for sure love when person explain me why, or when they can propose a couple of um, ideas, vision, what it could be better. This is, uh, I learn a lot press because my product so, um, it's like, I don't know, so unique in a way that we don't have something like that in the world. We have like image generation content, but no one tried to build like filters, AI generation content. And uh, we we don't know how users will use it. We try to build new type of behavior and new type of self-expression. That's why I basically ask everyone, like, create the idea, like how you want to use shader in the future, like imagine. Mm. And all the time their answers uh, makes me feel, uh, oh, well, this is so interesting. Like, just like, you never like find it. Uh, yeah, right, like, yeah. What's the most surprising uh, idea that a, that a customer has given you in their feedback? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite use case, uh, it's just, um, uh, so you can generate uh, with uh, any prompt and our product filter uh, mask. Uh, and I'm trying to find a way where we can implement this product if it's not just standalone app. Uh, and uh, I asked like one, um, uh, our user, she's basically a teenager, uh, around maybe 12, 15 years old. And uh, she mentioned to me like, oh, I can imagine that I have a call with my grandmother. And uh, in one moment I say like, shader, uh, make me like allergic reactions that I'm green and I'm like so scary looking. And in this moment, my grandmother like see me and starting to be so scary what's going on. And I'm <laughs> laughing and I was like, okay, it's like prank, like really like prank jokes. But this is what like, 
users want. And when I start talk about that with um, also just basically a couple of days ago with um, a Discord uh, team, because we, we collaborate a lot in a way how we can grow our Discord channel. And they mentioned to me, yes, this is our audience. They also saw the time when I like fun around the camera and uh, it makes me feel okay. So we need more thinking about like, um, basically creation process of ideas, but also how it could be in a camera, connect people together. Mm. So I will never probably learn that if it's not just conversation that shaders should be part of video calls or like maybe right. live streams. <laughs> so Daria, like you're, you're in this really privileged position where you're both coming from a PM background and a designer background. And those are usually the two roles in a company that are conducting research, how now, now that you're a founder, like, and you have those two skills under your belt, like, how do you set up the environment for good feedback? Like, what are some of those mm -hmm. questions, you know, how do you make them feel like, you know, cause we certainly feel resistant sometimes from other founders or our clients that we're talking to and they don't want to maybe be mean or critical, but all three of us on this call, that's, that's exactly what founders want, <laughs> you know? So how do you set up that environment where they feel safe? Um, it's a great point. I think like I, for sure, I don't know guys like you with your design background. I miss when our, our user interviews was in person because I remember like in 2018, we just did it in office, invite folks, give them phones and explore. And now it's most of all still like online and in online, you just uh, try to learn more about user, like for sure share about the team, but I'm trying to more like just to listen person why he agreed to join this call, what inspired him around my industry, like AR, AI creation, and this personal story uh, I think makes me feel better that I know a bit this person and can ask more about the product. Uh, and also it's all the time short. I don't, I think it's still helpful. Don't make it really long, like 15 minutes, uh, be really polite to like time. We can, uh, I mean, like understand that people do it for you for free. Uh, so, so how do you make the most 15 minutes is like a, is, is not a huge amount of time. How do you make the most of that 15 minutes to get all, the most valuable feedback that you can? I ask just two, three questions, like, and I split hmm. questions between a lot of people just do not like go do like the long interviews or with one hmm. user. I don't know okay. any advice. So, Is it good so idea? What, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what are, what are some, what are like some of these examples of like two, three questions that if you only had 15 minutes with a customer could teach you a lot as a founder about your own product? Yeah. Uh, it's, if it's possible, I'm trying to open the app, like basically share the screen and uh, without any of my guides, uh, ask like, like, okay, like you see right now, like this AI creation process, what is it clear for you in this user flow? Can you try to generate your first uh, AI mask? And when mm -hmm. they do that, uh, after that, we usually talk about results, uh, but, and also about time and most of all they like surprise how it's fast how it's quick that it's right. like a couple of seconds uh, and we more we start discuss like what do you think about style what you want to create next um and uh, yeah my question is also usually about what could help them to have more ideas what to create and it's already like i know a lot of answers now because um it's also important i think like if you collect feedback, a lot of times it's the same. So it means that you don't need to keep going with interviews. You probably need more spend time on product and then mm. back again to the loop. These are just such good pieces of tactical yeah, feedback. Like, yeah, thoughts on just like how to do these user interviews. So Agree and I, we a huge, huge proponents of uh, doing good research. And we, we have like a grab bag of like two or three questions that we also fall back on. One of which is like, you know, if you add a magic, if you add a magic wand, what would you change about that? What was frustrating about that experience? Was there anything in there that you were expecting that you didn't find? And that's only after what you were saying, which is giving them a prompt and not saying anything, 
you know i think that's so so important a lot of times like us founders we like to we see someone struggling with our product or our service and we want to just hop in and be like no you got to do it this way you got to do it this no, way yeah <laughs> yeah you can't do that and like why is it that we can't do that uh yeah i'm trying to be so sh like like just listen and watch what's going on because i don't want to ruin uh, this user test experience and if they will ask me like i feel frustrated i don't know what should i write like sometimes people, yeah. it's the most popular question and it makes me great answer for me that i need advice people because they don't know they ask me i don't know what to write and in my product we right now trying to experiment uh, well, we basically wrote to them like write something fun or describe what kind of character you wanna but because it's also maybe not so visible they still ask me like i don't know what to write and um uh and it's uh, help you to create new ideas because i know right now that we start already like have a feed templates more examples before users start really understand what you should write <laughs> Yeah. I mean, th this is like one of the things that's really interesting about um, like one of the first challenges I, I feel like has already come up with a lot of AI, making AI usable and, and making its value accessible is that a totally empty prompt input field, it, what, it's a liability. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, um, there, there's this app that we, we used to follow more closely, um, Glovo, uh, an on-demand delivery service, um, that, that got big in Europe. Right. And when they first started, uh, apparently like back in 2015, their um, the only thing on their home screen was just, what do you want? And, mm -hmm. uh, the, the founder described it as like, almost like going to a restaurant and the waiter doesn't hand you a menu and <laughs> just asks like, what, what do you want from the kitchen? And you're like, I don't know what you guys serve, right? Um, and and how have you guys uh, at Shader uh, made? Have you have you identified that? It sounds like it's an ongoing like um, thing that that customers bring up or users bring up. Have you formed any any hypotheses on on how you fix this like empty prompt problem? Yeah, I uh, I actually had two point of views about that. I think when you have MVP and demo. Mm -hmm. It's super awesome to have it empty because it helps you to find the ideas. And when we guys uh, like met with you a couple like months ago in BetterWorks office, uh, I have, I use all the time shader uh, without uh, hints just because I want to know what people will create. And people create like uh, like Yoda or like someone from Marvel movies or like uh, like Zora, what I remember, like yeah, and right. Barbie movies, like and it makes me feel okay. People want more characters uh, than just like uh, animal personalities or like like type of skin, like I mean, not just makeups. And after that, we start create templates uh, on a product based that off they of their can feedback. use. But based, based on off feedback. their prompts, yeah. Yeah, hmm. uh, and also just explore um, aesthetic. What people love, like uh, when they saw the result, what what they are excited about, what kind of colors uh, uh, they want. Uh, this is was so, helpful. So it's so interesting. It's almost like your guys's restaurant. The way you designed the menu was by starting with no menu and asking, "What do you guys want?" Right. And they would say, oh, give me Superman, like <laughs> Superman's face or like, I, I want to be like uh, Iron Man, whatever. And then you slowly start being able to design the menu based off of those patterns. For sure. Like it was like that, but also it helped me to learn that people, um, I mean, like when I started build shader, I was so in my journey and around prompt engineering. And for me and for my engineers also was so clear that prompts should be big. Like if you want something so specific, spend your time, create like long ideas, but real users, they just write two, three words uh, <laughs> and that's it. And they want a result and they want to like so detailed desire result how they like think about in their brain but they can't explain this with words uh that's why we like start show users i think that like this is our product feature that we actually even when we show you uh hints templates we still show you our prompt and it's explain you oh. how actually a lot uh, inside of this one picture and how you can update it, like change just blue for yellow and it could be different. <laughs> so how do you how do you go about, you know, obviously there's the research phase and then there is the data that they provide you. 
Now the last step is synthesizing that data and turning it into how might we's. How do you how do you go about synthesizing data? Synthesizing oh. that feedback. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> I mean, like, sometimes customers yeah. say things that you're just like, hmm. I, I guess, <laughs> if, probably. I usually write wrote to everything in in a deck and Notion. We we keep every feedback what we have, and uh, because we're so small team, like it's just like low priority, middle red, like what exactly you feel and. Uh, we have like weekly product meetings with the team when we must have all take a look just user feedbacks um, and discuss it together with engineers too because they have their perspective on that uh, what is really uh, not, not even like around priority of like this is so hard like this is like sounds easy but this is what we we can't do that now and you feel okay like it's probably low priority now for example, how, how are you presenting yeah. that that feedback though yeah. to the team? Like, what are some of the like? Is it you coming into mm -hmm. the room and being like, "This is it, this is what we got," and then you just wait for you wait for them to to provide feedback on it, or are you asking certain questions, or are you delivering like maybe a synopsis of what you discovered and and then gauging their feedback? Like, take us take us through yeah. the details of that. Yeah, I keep quotes usually how exactly user mm. pronounce it. Uh, if it's if it's like from audio interview, video interview, if it's just like uh, and also like just how I inter make interpretation of that. Um, and um, it's more conversation. Yeah, like I just we read one after another, and we have our. But in the notion, just proposals, ideas, how we can fix it. And in this part, I usually tag people who is responsible. Like this is computer vision, this is design, this is iOS, uh, this is uh, just like yeah, like uh, backend part. And uh, this person, like if you tag him, it means that he needs like to write something probably <laughs> on yeah. that. And and usually it makes like uh, even if I'm not tag, we just talk about that a bit and for sure like um, easily make a decision on um, what we can improve. And now that you, I I I mean like I'm like a CEO, I'm not rush like people to fix it because I am try to be like honest and I understand it's not like easy problems to fix. But I want to be sure that everyone remember about it. That every day we're trying to make results uh, more close what users wish, even if we right. just a bit update like result, but already will improve it. One area that I see a lot of founders and and even new me like we struggle with this sometimes too is, you know, sometimes you'll get feedback. And this is especially true of really, really technical products, but mm. sometimes we'll receive feedback and we'll come up with the how might we's, we'll come up with the solution, we'll make mm -hmm. mocks against it, it's estimated by engineering, but then something comes up. And yeah. <laughs> how, so how, how do you prevent normalizing things that got addressed X amount of months ago? It's, yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I still learning also that how to not forget about it, right? That this is, should be in, but I think like, because I have just notion with still deadlines, even if it's flexible deadline, but we're trying to be aligned with uh, sprints. And because we work in like basically two week sprint and trying every week still watch something for, for users like even small update mix like couple of bugs i'm trying like as founder just every day to understand why it will take more time something to update on uh, results and it's more easy for sure if it's just ui questions or like how to change something but some of problems like more deep in my story like like yeah like I don't know when we will have options to generate like ears, right? We just take planning that, but it could be for a while probably. And it's good to have it like just to remember about it, but not make main prioritization. 
And also, I am so open to change roadmap. I don't know, like some, uh, I don't want to make everyone uh, crazy, like still big vision, but I understand that if I want to implement something in like three weeks, I can have options to change a bit direction for right. the team. Right. So then like when you're seeking out that feedback regularly from your customers, talking about like how, how you set your roadmap, um, do you go in knowing that you want feedback about some specific issue that's on the roadmap or is it so open-ended that you kind of just let the customers give feedback about whatever it is that they, they, they have on their mind? Like how yeah. do you balance the roadmap that you're going towards and whatever unexpected feedback a customer might give you? Mm -hmm. Usually I'm exploring, like, first of all, what I exactly need. If it's new mm. feature, like I want to just chat about that. But for sure, in the last moment, when we just like finish my two, three questions, I like just ask, like, what's your thoughts about that product at all, about vision, about how we explore that and and we, we chat like on a regular basis basically uh, longer and uh, just discuss like big big vision on that and also probably mm, i don't know it's uh it's a bit controversial probably opinion but i learned it from wannabe like from sneakers uh, startup uh Sometimes interviews, it's uh, not like best way to still like learn from users because they can be not not ready for kind of new type of technology. Like with uh, sneakers try on, when we show users, they say, yeah, it's fun, but I don't ever use it. Like I don't need, like why I don't use uh, like sneakers try on like feature. Like I can go and buy <laughs> the sneakers in the real store or just order from uh, like gold app. Uh, and if you don't have a great technology to show them in this moment, they will mm -hmm. never imagine because some users just less visually can imagine how it will looks like. That's so, why. So how how should... can you tell then? Well, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's why I think you should just listen to your <laughs> guard and like discuss with the team. Like, can we try to build it? Like, uh, and uh, basically more focus on business analytics. What right now is going on in the world? Why we need to make it than just what users wish. So when you when you get that feedback that maybe a customer or user saying, uh, this is cool technology, uh, I don't know why I would ever use this or where I would ever use this, how is it that, like, how can you tell, is it anything more than your gut that you can use to tell that maybe <laughs> you haven't presented the product in the right context or at the right timing in the user's, like, life or their year? Um, or you just have something that maybe people don't need? Uh, I think for us, help to chat not just with users like particular like but with uh, companies in this moment mm. go in in th that use case we discuss it with like uh, gucci with farfetch uh who are at the marketplaces and we found their struggles that they want to interact more with audience they want to represent them new type of uh, uh technology and also because you start up you can't have access for a lot of audience. You like have these interviews, but it's like still small cohort. And big companies, they can do like big researchers and then can share with you more insights. And uh, this is so, uh, for sure can be great advice. Like go to them. <laughs> one of one of my favorite definitions of product market fit is when um, large established brands are uh, starting to try out your product because those brands, you estimate, mm. right? Uh, they have uh, a very clear view of the alternatives in the market. And if they're just starting to choose you, maybe you're onto something because they're the ones who know who win the product tournament, right? So like, I wanna know, can you, can you talk a little bit about how it was that you guys as a startup um, were able to get access to brands like Goat or brands like Gucci um, to be able to get their feedback. Was it a cold email? Yeah. Was it hand-to-hand -hand no. combat in a, in a room? <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, I think we have, a, in this moment, already, like, business developer manager, or, sir, 
uh, Alex, uh, he was actually so young and ambitious and uh, we go just in the conferences. In this moment, it was like Web Summit conference in Portugal, like main around that. Mm -hmm. And we try to find these people, like people who works in Nike, uh, people who works in Adidas. And in our brain before to be like open was like, we need like biggest sport uh, brands because we think like Nike and Adidas will be more interesting on that. Right. But just accidentally it happens that like Gucci or and like like, like these brands more close to technology and uh, they just want to experiment with advertising to more inspire their audience. Um, and it was first uh, collaboration like like that. But also our investors really help with connections too. In this moment, they like just uh, have also network to connect with. Uh, but it was one story, but now when I build shader, like, like, uh, it's completely, I think a bit different. I, I'm not right. trying to talk with brands at all, like, like big companies, because we are trying to build B2C and, uh, B2B somewhere in my roadmap, but like plan B, if yeah, <laughs> like yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> right. Plan and, B to B to B. Yeah, and it's translated to be. <laughs> so, so okay. Tell me, what is it then? Like, you left Snapchat. You left Snap to start Shader, right? Uh, not it was easy like that. Ever since I was laid off by Snapchat. Oh no year. way! <laughs> yes, like it wow. was like big laid off in twenty twenty two, and our AR team was affected. So. Whoa. Was, okay. So basically a that, surprise in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so then tell us about the, the founder journey from you going from like, uh, going to be my same question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going from laid off at Snapchat to, to, you know, CEO of Shader. Um, I think like in this moment, uh, I was like sad for sure, because it was my dream job uh, and I really love everything what's going on and I love augmented reality. And uh, in that moment, I started like, maybe I need to find like different just company. And uh, I start interviews, like I go to Apple, Unity, uh, like like Meta for sure, like everyone like who's around uh, building something on AR. Uh, but it was a lot of times uh, frozen, uh, um, like how to say, like it was, if you remember this time, it was like basically- A hiring freeze. Hiring freeze, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I did interviews, spent time, everything great, but high increase. <laughs> and I was just like um, not excited about startup, like what, what's going on around AR industry and um, explore like what it could be if I, I can like start build um, something like what's before. And honestly, I also can miss this time when we built my previous startup Wannabuy and um, uh, yeah, I didn't mention that also before uh, laid off, I was in a lucky position because we sold previous startup for Farcage and it was my first oh. acquisition. <laughs> and I like, Whoa. oh, so like I wasn't founder, right? I still make good money. And uh, in this moment, um, Snapchat paid me severance also for almost, I don't know, like, almost have years and it was really great severance. Like I, Whoa. That's nice. I, I was like, uh, and they helped me with my green card. So I like, so hmm. Snapchat's the best, like they like, <laughs> <laughs> shout out Snapchat. Sever yeah. I mean, severance green card. I was like sad, but also I was grateful for this experience in my life and, um, just start like thinking what to build and I can't see it like without job. That's why like I start like in the next month, basically startup experience. Wow. Wait, so within, within a month's time, you had gone from your last day at Snapchat to, uh, you had already started working on shader. Yeah. Like no, in September for interviews, uh, and in October, I like found now I don't want to just interviews. I want to like probably try and, uh, uh, I think also my friends, my family, uh, uh, yeah, my, my fiance, like everyone mentioned to me, why you should go like immediately in a new job? Because I had some offers, uh, but mm -hmm. if you like dreaming about something else, well, this should be like just again, regular job. Uh, 
this great salary or it's probably like best moment in my life to try the startup because i don't know if they had like this time again probably yes but in this moment it's like it's so like really good moment and i have all options to to just build i have my time and uh it's kind of it's kind of nice that (laughs) <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say, it's kind of nice that you can get over an X that quickly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, that's a, such a very fast turnaround time. <laughs> like, yeah. So, Maybe did I you know? Depression. Yeah? I, wasn't <laughs> I don't know. Depression, was... shock. What's the difference? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I think I was just boring. I like just skip home and I don't know, like, I don't have any calls to what I should do. And I like start create. <laughs> just. So actually, let, let, let's dive into that a little bit. So when when you got laid off, you went home that first week, maybe you took to yourself that second week, maybe you're kind of getting a little bit bored that third week. What's going on? You know, what's going on in your mind? Like, how do you how do you assemble a team? How do you get mm-hmm. there, obviously there's all the admin stuff, you know, going to clerky, all that stuff and, you know, incorporating. But like, how do you what? How do you know what to put down on paper first? Okay, so I think I did it like a bit different. Like I didn't incorporate anything. Uh, all the document stuff uh, I did like almost in May, like after half a year of startup. And before, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I like probably thought about this, like about experiments. Like what if I try and you'll see if users will like it, if it will make sense. and. I start first, like, just find people who want to work with me uh, and had interviews uh, with my previous friends, like, who work with me, want to buy. And this is where I spent almost, I think, two months, like, just talk with people, uh, all my network, like, what's going on, who building something, learn what people explore right now, try to find co-founder. Uh, and I found uh, just... My friend, uh, Orist, who built with me before um, uh, WannaBuy startup, uh, and it was a bit sad story, to be honest, like, the, like because uh, Orist was in Ukraine, uh, and as you know, guys, it's like wartime and Lviv, and he was stuck uh, with, uh, like, great career, but basically you don't know what to do, like, you uh, yeah. he, they in a safe space, but he can't left country, uh, and he told me like I have a bunch of time. Like I'm I'm working like from home from one startup, but I'm ready to help you. And we start to build together just on his free time. And also he found easily for me one more engineer who in the same position. Like like we're in Lviv, we like ready to help. Like let's build it. <laughs> uh, and I was honest that I don't have money like to pay like because or it's I don't pay myself like we just like experiment so let's see how it will go and everyone was uh, I don't know maybe because we know each other like just uh, fine with that we just make it like um, like work for free in a free time for a couple of months and uh, uh, do it like side projects basically. Um, do you think that I, things would have been, yeah. I was just going to ask, like, do you think that things would have been different had you not known them? Like, what would you have done if mm-hmm. you didn't have, if you didn't have those two people? I think for sure it will be different because, like, uh, I work with people who I never know, like, and it's so, like, but I don't know how to inspire, like, work for free someone who you don't know. It's It's possible, but not so, so hard right <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's not about friendship and previous work together um probably but if people do it on the idea like i think because like in the end um before we fundraise i already have five people who work with me for free so and it's like wow not yeah, quite inspiring <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a pretty special place to be and you're a very well-liked person yeah and were you were you able to convince them all to to join full-time as employees when the funding came together um yes but when we will have our next round even not now like because now we like in super like early still stage 
Mm -hmm. uh, but also I like we just I don't know we never discussed money and it's not my like questions and not their questions we never discussed wow. equity we just um explore what happened and when I raised money for sure it was first moment when I like say guys like I have money to pay like, like what do you think <laughs> I should pay for you even for previous job for sure and I pay for what we built before and we already discussed equity pieces like and um this is start to be a team basically um, wow like, wow yeah, yeah that, that's incredible that's incredible and so what like do you have any advice for founders who don't have a design background or a product management background the way you do um, to be able to get more clarity on their product, on their roadmap, um, really anything? I think my advice of what, what actually helped me out, sir, uh, is just go too close to community as a founders. So that's why, like before, even accelerator program, I just go to on deck program. It's uh, mm. San Francisco based, uh, and just be close with like couple of weeks with people who also build because everyone will share with you uh, their like tactics and methodology, strategy, and you will learn like and uh, it's um, also I don't know interesting to know also your opinion. I think like. Everyone's thinking, oh, like I'm like founder, but without these skills, like I'm not designer, I'm I'm a product. I'm, for example, founder, and I'm not engineer, or and I never like raised money before. Like I learned everything from the scratch, how to like write emails for investors, how to build this <laughs> connection. And some people work really smart on this part, and you never learn it from the like you can learn it from the videos and books for sure but more important just talk listen find your people like to have this like community around you yeah it's so important yeah it's so important like agree and i have a very very clear understanding of like who's good at what <laughs> and like we do not kid ourselves uh, around yeah. like the weaker points but you know it doesn't stop us from asking questions and trying to learn yeah you know for but sure. when push comes to shove and you got to send the you know the sniper in like you know I i'm not going to be the one engineering agree is right. <laughs> sure right right but like i mean it's it yeah it's it's exactly what harrison said though it's about like yeah that self-knowledge and then um honestly sometimes it can it can be a huge advantage to not know the discipline because it allows you to always be sort of an external observer yeah. of, of that work stream and can help the people who are too close to the problem that they're solving, you know, get a pair of outside eyes. Yeah. Maybe also try to find advisors, right? I, and this is what I'm right now exploring, how to find people who can be uh, best in this industry, but advise oh, your sure. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's super important. Yeah, so Daria, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Do you have anything else that, that you wish we had talked more about? Um, I think, yeah, I love this more casual conversation <laughs> between LA and New York. It's really, like, oh, yeah. yeah, helpful to think yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> totally. And yeah, it was uh, a lot easier to coordinate than flying across the country, I guess, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Daria, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, too. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Take it easy.